This program is produced using the resources of Public Media Network in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Learn more at publicmedianet.org. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 12 of Share Prosperity Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ford, Share Prosperity Kalamazoo Coordinator for the City of Kalamazoo, joined always by the magnificent Melody Dakin. Hello. Neighborhood Business and Special Projects Coordinator for the City of Kalamazoo. Shout out to Community Planning and Economic Development in the city. Um, episode 12, today... It is the first uh, episode of February that we have in, and it's officially Black History Month, but we planting our uh, flag in the ground. Every month is Black History Month, so that's how we're going to rock out. Um, great guest today. Uh, next episode is going to kind of establish a theme for today's episode and the next episode, but... Um, I think it's going to be a really exciting conversation. So today we have Chef Patrick Horace in the house. Thank you. Owner and operator of? Delish Supper Club. Delish Supper Club. It sounds delish already. So <laughs> listeners of the show know that the, the, the premise is, you know, we speak to guests that address issues that unlock or block people's opportunity to thrive and prosper, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mainly um, out of poverty. And so folks listening, they may say, well, what's, what's this got to do with the premise of the show? And here's the thing. Folks struggling um, in socioeconomic uh, status and, and conditions, you know, face a lot of challenges daily, a lot of stress daily is compounded. So, where do folks have to go? Where can folks go to be in environments and spaces that are stress-free, that offer them some, some brief um, respite from those challenges and those conditions? And Chef P, today, um, our guest on the next episode, essentially create and cultivate inclusionary spaces that generate enjoyable experiences for people in our community mm -hmm. and that's it's it's a mental health thing it's a physical health thing because chef p is 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 into food and, and the culinary experience and so you know you think about that it's obviously not a workforce development uh, or job program you know it's not related to housing we had those discussions in previous episodes but again it's a holistic thing. It's a holistic thing. And so folks um, struggling with challenges, socioeconomic challenges and conditions, it's like, yo, the stress is, is piled on and compounded. And again, what, what spaces do they have um, to go be stress-free, enjoy themselves, you know, like everybody else has? And so Chef P is... You know, one of one of our local uh, trailblazers in creating and cultivating those spaces and a guest on our next episode 
again in that same vein. And so I want to welcome Chef Pete to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate you. Yeah. So Delish Supper Club, how long has it been operating? Uh, about three years now. We were Delish Soul and Seafood at okay. one point. And then we kind of transitioned to a supper club, became a little more private. Okay. And when you say private, what um what's that entail? Uh, just being only open to the member, only open to members. We're not open to the general public. So you couldn't just walk up and walk in and sit down and eat and stuff like that. So it just offered, you know, a different thing than what's going on with everybody else in a regular restaurant. Okay. And it kind of, kind of gave us an opportunity to focus on the food more. Is the membership like a subscription base? Yeah, it's a uh, ninety-nine cent for a one-year membership. Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. And it allows you. Uh, we we host events and have private member events and stuff like that. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you get a free birthday dinner too. Yes, you do. What private? Mm-hmm. Man. I got a three-course meal delivered to my car. Did you? On my birthday. What? <laughs> I may have to sign up then oh yeah. Uh, yeah definitely man and is it is it special so we had talked um a little bit before we started the recording mm -hmm. i'm vegan yes so if i was a member and it's my birthday i could get a vegan meal i'm sure that we could probably accommodate that sweet normally okay. uh i mean you consist of non-vegan items yeah but you know we're, we're pretty flexible okay okay and then Delish Supper Club operating three years before it was a, it was a different, um, is under a different name. Mm -hmm. How long? And then just to be clear, it's you and your wife. Yes. Yes. So the wife, the wife was going to join us today, but I think it's some family issues. Yeah, our baby wasn't feeling that well this morning. So, yeah. 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 The last episode we had the Fatherhood Network, and one of the um, one of the guests had his kids. He couldn't make it because of that. So. Right. That whole that whole parenting thing is, oof, it's a it's 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 a beast. It's real. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you and your wife. Um, shout out to Kadira. Kadira, shout out, Definitely. shout out to Kadira. Shout out to Chef Q. Um, you and your wife doing this business. Uh, tell us a little bit about your background and how you all how you all came to do not only that but mm -hmm. be in our community here in Kalamazoo. Well, our background with food kind of starts, uh, we did a lot of catering with her father. He did a, a lot of weddings and, you know, private events for people he knew. So naturally the workforce was us. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we were living with him at the moment. So naturally we were the workforce. So we got a lot of experience there. We did uh, a lot of big events with him, a lot of catering with him. So I think that We've always been around cooking in some form, just dealing with family and, you know, that type of situation. But it got more serious then. And then um, that kind of led us into doing our own thing. So we moved down to Mississippi at one point. Where at? Uh, Horn Lake, right over the border from Memphis. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, close to Memphis. Yep. Like uh, literally about five, ten minutes. Wow. Gotcha. Yep. So we moved there. Um we were going to open like a candy store type of situation. Uh -huh. But the kids were like, we want food. We got, we just getting off the school bus. Yeah. We want food. So we 
transitioned to cooking warm meals. It took off. We went from the house to a uh, commercial space, and um, it was called a uh, 605 Chicago-style eatery. We were doing Chicago-style food. Yeah. Like I said, that's where we come from. So Okay. You know, uh, the cuisine was that. It was it was a far cry from what we do now. Yeah. But In what know, way? Uh, the food that we do now, I think, is a little more sophisticated, uh, a little more thought out. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that we we deliver a different. The food then was kind of more simple. Yeah, it was you know hot dog, you know gyro, just basic, right? Basic food, cheaper food, and now we kind of do, you know, a lot of more high end crab legs, lobster, mm-hmm. you know, things of that nature. So I, I think that it it went from simplicity to a little more intricate. Yeah, and then um. We owned a restaurant in Memphis <laughs> at one point. And the, as far as moving here, we are from Chicago. So right. it's kind of the the atmosphere there and raising two boys. I have two kids. Mm-hmm. Raising two boys, I didn't want to have them in that environment. There's a lot of violence going on, yeah. uh, a lot of different things going on. So we came and visited here, and it's still it's only a couple hours from from Chicago, so I can still access family. Right. And just kind of fell in love with the atmosphere. It's pretty laid back. You know, you, you have things that go on here, but. Not to the same extent. Being from where I'm from, it's like. Yeah. <laughs> dramatically a drop off. So, yeah. So it, it just, we just kind of fell in love with it. Our kids can move around and do what they want to do. And I don't feel like they're in danger when they're, when they're out here in the, right. in the Kalamazoo streets. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it just, we just kind of been here. We've been here for about eight or nine years. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Good deal. Oh, um, I got a shout out to Neil Conway, our communications director for the city, too. He is uh, around Shoot, us. Shooting some <laughs> B-roll right now around us. Yeah. Whatever that is. Uh, what is <laughs> B-roll? It's just like background scenes. Oh, Okay. Like learn, if you're, yeah. Learn something new every day. But Neil Neil Conway, communications uh coordinator for the city and uh also plays in the band, the mainstays. So I think they're gonna be up and running <laughs> soon. They're gonna be on, on virtual tour or something. Uh Mission's- y'all on y'all on Apple, y'all on iTunes, Neil? <laughs> you know, okay neil neil in the mainstays they're gonna drop something i just wanted to shot him in here because he he's literally physically around us and i'm like <laughs> i just can't help but acknowledge his presence so <laughs> oh thanks neil but um yeah back to the back to the space mm-hmm. so like one of the one of the reasons mail reached out um is not just in terms of the business development. Mm-hmm. But again, it's, it's February Black History Month. And, and one of the main things she wanted to kind of stress to folks is that um, this, this cultivation and curating like black entertainment spaces, mm-hmm. right? And how important that is um, and beneficial to the entire community. Mm-hmm. So um, FYI, uh, Chef P, black man, his wife, black woman but you know again they in the food business so they catering to everybody yes, right sir. and they Definitely. making they making a uh, they making a space that's inclusionary and welcoming 
and you know enjoyable for everybody but being that it is black history month you know that idea of representation ownership mm -hmm. um the just the physicality of seeing right just seeing um folks like yourself in those positions and uh, like you said you mentioned your sons mm -hmm. and other kids just being able to see that like oh okay that's a that's an option that's a thing well yeah my my sons they both help us out mm -hmm. they're serve safe certified they're they know how to cook pretty much everything that we that we make so you know it's just a skill that we're giving them because they have different you know aspirations but it's like let me give you what i got right and at any point you can always cook mm -hmm. so you know it's, it's kind of that thing and also it's, it is about showing them entrepreneurship about ownership showing and showing them why that's important versus just saying you need to own your own business right you know it's important because somebody else could see you and you know be thinking that they want to take certain steps or make certain moves but if you don't have any example of that it's like Ugh. you know yeah. I, don't, I don't know it may, it may feel a little more daunting or something but mm -hmm. once you see that it's like oh well oh, if they can do it not to down them but if they can do it oh, right man, i'm in there yeah you know so and right. it's it's real you can approach them right you know so right. you can ask them questions and, and inquire um and yeah i know i was a latchkey kid so growing up i mean i cooked for myself it yeah. wasn't no level of chefing involved <laughs> or fried bologna sandwiches and hey. all type of experimentation but um you know if i was hungry i made it happen right so it's it's and it's a lot of kids um you know they have siblings or they may be only 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 children and uh, and again that that food part is 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 like integral to their lives so right. you know a lot of us have experiences with uh cooking at early ages yeah um, definitely spirals mac and cheese that was my jam there, there you go <laughs> i could eat the whole box oh man yeah, yeah. you still do yeah <laughs> <laughs> I like my mom started putting tuna fish in in mac and cheese, so that's what I eat. It's really good. It sounds different, but it's like salty. It definitely yeah. presents different. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. how that's how that's how chefs do. I found out though, because they experiment. So I mean, you could have like certain things, but chefs they experiment. Mm -hmm. And I I found I learned the, the differences of uh the the different tastes on the palate right right so salty sweet mm -hmm. combine things yep, salty know. sweet sour yeah yep, they call it umami they put fancy names on it but it's it's just really important flavor man yeah so, you know yeah making sure you got salt making sure you got sweet making sure you got something that tickles the tongue and give you an experience mm-hmm i'd love to hear about how like what mentors or people that were close to you had an influence on to get you to delish supper club today or you can mention some of your wife too since she's not here you got to represent her too. <laughs> definitely <laughs> definitely uh for one definitely her father he was definitely a big influence on on that um introducing us to different different cuisine i would say my uncle who was like a father figure in my life he introduced me to you know, he he was a little more prosperous than <laughs> than my household was. Mm -hmm. So, 
I went to different restaurants, experienced different things with him as far as cuisine goes. So I think that all of that kind of pushed us to where we are mm-hmm. as far as food goes. Business-wise, I would say my uncle because he, you know, he always preached on your own stuff. We got to have representation. We got to, you know, get some type of power structure and you can't get that really working for someone else. Mm-hmm. So I, I would say that those two gentlemen, as, as well as my brother, you know, my mother, she did a lot of cooking. So a lot of stuff that I picked up comes from her. Mm-hmm. So I I would have to spread it around to so many people <laughs> because you, you live so many different existences. So, you know, I have my wife's aunt who cooks a lot of soul food. You know, we, we all live together at one point. So I got to experience her taste. And I think that I think that our style of cooking and even our style of business is just a gumbo of all of those people mm-hmm. having that influence, whether it was through food, whether it was through conversations and mentorship and telling us what not to do and or at least giving some type of input on what we should do, you know, as far as, you know, offering stability for our kids and stuff like that. So that's kind of how we got here because it was, it, this represents – something that I can build, have available for them, whether they want to access that or not and take it over or do whatever they want to do with it, it's mm-hmm. here, it's available. So whereas it's I didn't... It's deeper than just a restaurant. Right. Here's you know, your food. Yeah. Right. I didn't come up with, you know, any representation of anybody, like, running their own business and seeing the benefits of that and even somebody really, like, putting that in me in, in a certain manner of representation. Like, I didn't have anybody to see do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, we didn't come up with where people leave you things. <laughs> like, people <laughs> people die, you go to the funeral, everything is over at that yeah. point. So that's kind of what I'm – I want my kids to be able to move forward. I want their kids to be able to move forward off my back. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of where I'm looking. That's sort of the prosperity thing, I think. You've, yes, yes, certainly, certainly an avenue and a path to prosperity is entrepreneurship. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, could be challenging for folks with privilege. It'd be extra challenging with folks without, but it's still, it's still a viable pathway mm-hmm. on to prosperity, certainly, mm-hmm. certainly. What was the tipping point for you all to do the business thing? I know you mentioned your father-in-law, but... I know we could see things and be involved in things, but really not not take that leap. Right. What was what was the tipping point for you and your wife to say, you know what, we're gonna get some paperwork, we gonna we gonna do it real. Um, I think that I've always, I just always wanted to be able to not have anybody be able to take what I do from me. So I don't ever want to catch myself in a position to where whether it's paperwork, whether it's some way that I'm operating, something that I'm doing that can lead to me not being able to do what I do. Mm-hmm. So the best thing that I saw was that if I follow the rules that are, are set forth, I operate within those rules, and I figure out how to do me inside of that, I feel like there's there's no lose for me in that situation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's, it just makes sense. It's like, okay, well... If having this piece of paper makes everybody else feel better, yeah, that's fine. If having 
if looking a, a certain way to an extent mm-hmm. makes it easier for me to operate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's it's a give and take thing. So that's kind of how I look at it. Okay. That's great. Yeah, it's yeah. great to see. I think I think about the other um, people or Daniel May later this month, like making those spaces in our community is really important. Mm-hmm. Not only just like for everybody, but the importance of like, okay, this is ownership. Um, and kind of breaking down those barriers that have existed. That's, yeah. Yeah, and I, I think that, I think that is very important, you mm-hmm. know, for just representation. Because if I if if I go to view something and I don't see me in it, it's going to be hard for me to want to go that way. Mm-hmm. So if if let's just say for an example, if I'm a guy that's in the streets mm-hmm. and I'm running an enterprise, I'm doing whatever I'm doing legal illegal you know whatever it is at the at the base of what's going on you're running a business yeah mm-hmm. so if you can be shown how to exist in that same manner and not have the same problems yeah diff, not take as many risks those type of risks right you yeah. know and sometimes those risks i guess for people who have to take them they feel like they were necessary at that point but yeah you know my whole thing is to keep as many of us out of jail as possible show that it does get better than what's available. At least you might be in a real messed up moment, mm-hmm. but it does get better and you can you can do whatever you want to do. And that's one of the things that is as a twisted and crazy relationship that we have with America. Mm-hmm. This still is one of the places where you can kind of like do whatever you want to do. Yeah. So if you, if you if you got some example of that and some information or some assistance to help you navigate, I think that everybody would, would probably go that way if they could. Mm-hmm. Some people end up where they are just plainly out of circumstance. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 You definitely can make it happen. It's still, um, it's still plenty of opportunity. Mm-hmm. I would want to stress that it's still plenty of opportunity. Um, fully recognizing challenges, but again, I think when we zoom out and take the the wide view or the long view, mm-hmm. like the opportunities far outweigh the challenges. Um, I, uh, but I can I can agree with that to to a point. But I, I think the like you're saying, you got to look at the forest instead of just the tree. Yeah. So I think that you just have to, in a realistic way, respect that there are challenges still mm-hmm. here, but I think that you you have to recognize that you still can move oh, yeah. even with the challenge. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. You like, know, so. like yeah. it's still, the, the challenges, they seem more intense, mm-hmm. and especially when you're going through it. You know, everybody is, has had their they thing, but yeah, when you're going through it, um, it, it could be so intense and immediate Right. It's, it's difficult to receive new information that mm-hmm. may lead to opportunities. Yep. It's like, oh, dude, I got to handle this right now. And, uh, because but, I know um, that this works. Yeah. You know, I got experience with, with this. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I think that that's what the, why the representation is important. If, if, if I see a millionaire, a black millionaire, 
I know that I can become a millionaire. Oh, yeah. Because he's a millionaire. Yeah, it's possible. You know, and so forth and so on, whether that's a billionaire, whether 100,000. So if if I never see that, it may never hit my mind to even consider that I can go that far. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah, that's important, man. Yeah. This morning I just interviewed or met with um, this gentleman who's an occupational therapist, Mm -hmm. black occupational therapist owns a business that works with the federal um the family health center he's like the he teaches at western mm-hmm. and he's he's like i i'm the only one that like black occupational therapist and he's taught for several maybe 10 years now and there's only been one person come through the program and they weren't they're from saudi arabia so wow. um he's working on that but it just like i think of the representation too do people know that like kids are they exposed to like occupational therapy and knowing that that could be like a real you make good money doing that i mean yeah 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 yeah. and he's having an impact he wants to have more people in that field um yeah yep i'm interested to hear more about uh a little bit more about like the business side and how um you know how COVID has has impacted the business, um, mm-hmm. the the food industry or or restaurant industry, uh, in particular, like how is how is that, um, you know, it in the in the structure of that. Well, the restaurant industry has been hit like ridiculously hard mm-hmm. by COVID, and they've thrown some help. That you know to 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 help us out a little bit, yeah. But right now, inflation is like killing everybody because food costs are so high. Mm-hmm. So people are either not able they they're not able to sustain because their menu isn't the same. Mm-hmm. So it may be taking away like staples on the menu that made you who you were, and now you're trying to caveat and you don't have you don't have the audience for that. Yeah. Then you have people that just plain out they're not making enough money with to cover the amount that food is going up. Uh huh. So I'll give you an example. Um, crab legs. Mm-hmm. I buy a thirty pound box of crab legs from my distributor. Yeah. Uh, before COVID, they may have been a little over three hundred bucks. Mm-hmm. During COVID and now, you're talking about almost six hundred. Ooh. So. Wow. So now, as the business owner, the only thing left for me to do is to pass it off to the consumer. Yeah. But now, I'm losing consumers because now I'm I'm raising my prices so high that I'm, I'm pricing them out. So, yeah. So now I went from an everyday possibility uh-huh. as far as you know dinner goes, right? To now, I'm a treat. It's like okay, my birthday coming. Right. I'm gonna call. Them. maybe once a month maybe once a month yeah. you know whereas you might have had a, a four-person bill from me pre-pandemic mm-hmm. and it might might have been 70 bucks whereas you eat from me now it might be 130 wow so when you get to talking about on a day-to-day basis that's magnified with people who are like totally uh, drawing off the fact that they had people coming in, sitting in their, in their restaurants. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now they went to, you can only have 25% of whatever you can hold. Mm-hmm. Then it went to 50% of what you can hold. But 
when that's how you turn over tables, you got a hundred tables. I turn them over three or four times. That's how I make my money. I'm able to pay staff. I'm able to pay vendors and, and keep the ball rolling. Yeah. Now that's everything because the logistics, there's not as many trucks on the road. Mm-hmm. Not bringing in as many, um, it's not as much crab available as it was. So now right. it's supply and demand. And that's just one item. You say a crab. Just that's one just item. one item. One. So y'all got more um, offerings on your menu yeah. that require more ingredients. And then that's like the physical like main thing. But then, like you said earlier in terms of flavors, mm-hmm. so the spices. Because I remember yeah. going to the store one time. I think it was, I want to say like season salt. <laughs> and couldn't find season salt for weeks. Man, the the <laughs> grocery stores are looking like food deserts right now, man. Mm-hmm. And it's they um as far as I, to the best of my understanding, I don't want to be misquoted here, but I believe that they uh they gave some money to the meat industry to try to help subside, mm-hmm. you know, because everybody's understaffed now. Mm. You know, between uh the benefits that people were getting through COVID mm-hmm. and I guess just feeling like they're worth more now. Yeah. A lot of people are not returning back to work, which is also affecting the business owner because now, whereas I may have not had to been there, mm-hmm. now I'm here, which is taking time away from whatever else I was doing that may have been an income source or something that helps stabilize the main thing, which is the restaurant. Yeah. So it's it's a lot of different angles that restaurants are being attacked from, whether it's intentional or not, mm-hmm. it's still an attack. So it's like, be it logistics, be it uh, inflation, be it people not coming back to work. Yeah. And then especially if you're getting hit with multiples oh, yeah. of those things. Right. Or all three or, you yeah. know, a trifecta. It's like. It's compounded. Man. So you either cut your losses or you try to survive. Mm-hmm. So we were able to, surprisingly for us, business spiked, like went crazy when the pandemic happened. Mm. Why, so, do you, why do you think that is? Um, one, I think is our flavor. We offer like, when you eat our food, you understand. Okay. (laughs) All right. When you eat our food, you understand. But we also, uh, right as it started, we fed, we fed the nurses and uh, first responders. Okay. So we, we just fed them. Uh, I think I forget exactly what we fed them, but we gave them meals and that kind of put us on the map in front of a lot of people mm-hmm. and you know it was just we kind of just took it and ran with it from there but uh we started doing private dinners and that picked up surprisingly people were tired of being in the house with COVID. yeah i can attest to that yeah but mind you the tables were spaced properly mm-hmm. everybody had to have a mask yeah you know so it's just you know i i guess it depends on the we were able to change our menu a lot Mm-hmm. So we were able to caveat when things went up. Okay, let me take that off. Yeah, let me do this. We have a, a living menu anyway, so right, right. At any point, we might unleash a whole new, yeah, you know, protein list and whatever else we're doing. So, did c- it, customers respond well to that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I, I think just like anything else, it's like I like Applebee's, but how many ribs can I eat? I know. You know, or whatever I eat from there, it's like. How many times do I want it? Right. Mm-hmm. So while it may be great, it may it may be good, it may even be great, but I, it's just sometimes you want to change up. Yeah. So, you know, I think that us being able to take that on and, 
you know, we have some things that just stay on the menu, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we're able to caveat. Like, okay, crab went too high, I stopped selling crab. Yeah. I went to something else. Mm-hmm. And it, it worked out for me. But, you know, everybody, I've, you know, I, it's, it's people that I've seen close that it's like, oh, man, I feel so bad for them because I understand the impact of that mm-hmm. business closing. It's not just that location. Right. It's a it's, family. It's your home. It's your family. It's mm-hmm. how you pay your bills. It's now it's affecting your credit. So everything is affected by that one thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people are taking that into consideration when they think about business owners or yeah. specifically restaurant owners because not that everybody else hasn't been hit mm-hmm. during this because they have, but the restaurants are like, they said, I think it was, it's, it's going to be like one in nine restaurants closing or one in five. I don't remember the exact metric, but yeah. it's like an amazing amount of restaurants that have closed. Right. So, I mean, that the pandemic, people staying at home, yeah. cooking more. I know that was a thing. Right. Cooking more um, at home, you know, getting food delivered. Right. And the, yeah, just, just cooking more at home and all of the regulations in terms of public spaces, right. how, how that went down. And so, yeah, I had heard uh, for a while that yeah, the, the restaurants and, and those type of things were uh, were being uh, negatively impacted. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it was definitely definitely a a, a huge adjustment. But mm-hmm. some people were able to make it and come back strong. I've seen a lot of businesses around here that were like on the ropes, and they they ended up coming back whatever they had to do. Right. So you know they they showed a, a lot of resilience throughout this process because it was it was a crazy crazy and it's still crazy yeah you know, the fact that we even sitting here now right yeah masked up and you know whether it works or doesn't mm-hmm. who knows but it's just something that we have to do now and then just, it's part of the new normal so what um besides adjusting um due to like the price sensitivity of mm-hmm. of ingredients. What other adjustments did you all have to make to to pivot and stay stay um stay on top? Um, opening. How long we're open? Mm-hmm. Um, when we're planning events? How we're doing things? So every every, every aspect was an adjustment. Mm-hmm. Uh, portion size. Um, type of things that you're packaging your, your, your stuff in you might have not really cared and, and gave 12 napkins before where it's like right. now it's like okay give them three or four napkins yeah. and you know so you it's 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 an adjustment all the way around right so you know it's, it's not just like okay well the food's high so i gotta adjust there it's like i don't have employees coming in because it's slow today yeah you know i don't need i don't need uh maybe a cleaning service who washes towels and uniforms because I could wash my uniform at home. I'm the right. only one here working. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, it's adjustments all the way around the board. And some of them had to be drastic. Some of them were not so drastic. But I would say just individually, personally, we were blessed to not have to make so many. Mm-hmm. And we were able to flourish, you know, throughout the process. But... Unfortunately, it was a lot of people who who couldn't make that that run. You know, whether even some big businesses who I've seen that are closed down. Right. You know, it just made more financial sense to close than to keep spewing money. Yeah. So, yeah, he's hemorrhaging, yeah. hemorrhaging money. Yeah. And just you throwing know, it everywhere. 
Yeah, you get them PL statements and be looking <laughs> like, oh my oh, God. <laughs> it's like, ooh. I recently did one. It was sore. Ooh. <laughs> ooh. Yeah, man. Cause we it was um it's some downtown businesses here mm-hmm. in our community that 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 closed up mm-hmm. because of it. And um it, it's it's just fascinating to me to hear the the myriad nuances of what a small business owner will have to go through. And this this is just this is just one business in one industry. Right. Um and restaurant industry already, just in general, even way pre pandemic, it's just a tough industry. Just yes. overall. You know, yeah. restaurant business, uh, uh grocery, is not a lot of uh, uh margin. No. You know, and so with all of these compounded things coming at you, multiple attacks, as you say, it's just interesting to hear um, just the different levels. Right. Like you said, I mean, food, okay, food goes up. That's obvious if it's a restaurant. But then, like you said, okay, staff, we may not have a staff worker. The the cleaning service, I never thought of that. Right. With the, um, the uniforms and whatnot. So it's like, okay. That's another thing. We, we may not even have to do that. Or the the accessories that go into that uh, business. So, again, right. you get food, you get on a plate, but all the stuff, you know, a fork, a, a knife, a spoon, a napkin. It's like, okay, this, you just got to Everything counts. Reassess. <laughs> yeah, man, everything counts. Wow. And, you know, a lot of people, I think you don't really – if you're not a business owner or haven't been, you can kind of lose sight of what that takes. And that's why you have some people that go into a business and you just can't help them. It, it doesn't matter how you try to to moderate or handle the situation. It's just they're going to, they have their response. They're going to have it. And they treat business owners like, okay, just fix it. Mm-hmm. But that just fix it, it might not have been my fault. Mm-hmm. Customers are always right. I'm not going to argue with you. I'm yeah, going to yeah. always rectify the situation. Right. But you may you may have uh, had a complaint about something that really wasn't my fault. But as a business owner, I got to take that loss because I don't need you on the on the internet blasting me out. Oh man. You know oh, yeah. you got to worry about that. <laughs> oh, you know yeah. because yeah. people don't leave reviews when they're just satisfied. Really. People leave reviews when they're either overly satisfied or amazingly disappointed yeah oh i went there and this was cold i didn't have this i didn't get that mm-hmm. you know that's that's kind of when you, when you get reviews yeah or if you if you surprise them and did more than what they thought it's like oh okay yeah okay let me leave a review then so yeah but i i think that it's a every everybody who deals with a business owner takes it straight at face value mm-hmm. it's only this building it's only the front this lobby it's only the people that you see here but what if you have another location like i said what if your business is based on sit down mm. or somewhere like for instance uh what's that mean sit down yeah i mean i i well, got yeah. an idea of context clues just coming that. in just having patrons fill your tables up so like um almost like a, a hotel and like vacancy rate and like the airplanes right, right. If you, you know so, so now i can't have as many people mm-hmm 
at one point you couldn't even have anybody in your restaurant, so everybody went to curbside. Yeah. So did y'all have to do that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All of those things take a toll one way or another. Mm-hmm. And you know, like I said, I, I think if if as much as we need to give each other slack, considering we're dealing with something that we don't know about, mm-hmm. with, with you know the pandemic and everything. Even more specifically, when you go into businesses, give people some slack because they may have lost somebody to COVID. Yeah. They may have had COVID. Mm-hmm. They're losing money. They're losing homes. They're losing cars. They're losing assets. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot. All that affects your health. Man. And then yeah. even for somebody to make it through all that and still – stay in the city or stay in the neighborhood and employ people in the neighborhood yeah. and employ people in the city to still try to make everything around us better, it's like have a little more understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if somebody's being just rude and they're not doing business properly, okay. Right. You call a spade a spade. But give people the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's a lot more that goes into it than just what's on your plate. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 That is just utterly fascinating. Um. Just that that whole that whole ecosystem, and like you said, most of it is like the front end. Like you don't see. Right. So you don't really you don't really understand. Um. Yeah, that's fascinating. I had a question though about. Mm-hmm. I always wondered this because I I know. Uh, quite a few people that's like in food business mm-hmm. at some degree and always wondered in terms of the pricing of a like a plate for instance like how 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 you come up with that so i mean like you said pre-pandemic it was three hundred dollars for uh the crab legs mm-hmm. from the distributor but okay you got crab legs and you probably got some other food on that plate. Mashed right. potatoes, you asparagus. Yeah, crab you got potatoes, you yeah, got so sausage, how, you got how do broccoli. You, you take all that in and then it like how do you come up with like a price for a plate? It's different than like clothes as an example. Like, you know, you pay right. a piece this sweater may cost five dollars to make. All right, I'm gonna sell it for thirty dollars. Right. But like how well, does that work with the restaurant? It's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you just pretty much break down each ingredient to find out how much you're spending on each ingredient. Mm-hmm. And you set margins of, okay, well, I want to make this much over what I paid for it. Mm-hmm. And that's that's pretty much it. But what you what you always want to do is you you don't want to overprice the, your, your audience. Right. Like, I don't want to, I want to be so much that you don't want to come spend your money with me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or it's impossible for you to because you're not just feeding you. you it might be you and two, three other people. Mm-hmm. So Unless that's your brand. Cause you know you got the heart <laughs> right, in, right? And yeah. you do yeah. have that, yeah. Because I do. I am one of the believers that everybody has their audience. Mm-hmm. So if you're a, a, a low end brand yeah. and you make anything and do anything and a, a cater anything and go anywhere, there's a market for that. There's right. there's a market for people who they're real snooty. They 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 got these allergies they they want it this way they mm-hmm. don't they want it without that and they, so everybody has an audience if if you're looking to build that audience yeah you know but overall 
for me, I'm looking to feed everybody who's hungry. You know, it's like I would prefer that you experience me than not. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my pricing kind of how, how it, you know, comes together. It's like I, I have to pay people, I have to pay bills, I have to sustain. Yeah. But I don't want to blow you away and not have you have me be an option for you financially. Okay. I got you. Yeah. Okay. So it's not like you would consider yourself if we if if like the business was like cars, it wouldn't be on the like Rolls Royce level. I would say what we deliver is Rolls Royce level. Okay. What we charge is not. Got it. I would say we would be high end American. Got it. Okay. As far as price goes. Yeah. I'm just pulling up the menu now so we can all get an order tonight. They <laughs> open up at four. Yeah, you gotta um, you gotta be a member. Yeah. You gotta sign Pay up. your ninety nine dollars. Okay. And yeah, I'm looking at what do we got here? Uh we've got fried chicken wings, catfish and shrimp, colossal shrimp, Hennessy glazed ribs. Tell us about the Hennessy glazed ribs. Uh, people people have responded well to those. Um, the spare ribs, cook low and slow, glazed up, put back in, cook low and slow so it can get real sticky. And mm-hmm. um, a, a big misconception that people have is when they hear Hennessy, they automatically think, oh, okay, I'm, is alcohol in it? <laughs> the alcohol is burned off yeah. during the cooking process. Yeah. You just get flavors and hints of, of what you know, the alcohol contained. Mm-hmm. So your kids can eat them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But but they're they're like they fall off the bone. It's crazy. Uh another one, the fisherman's pot, which is two two large snow crab clusters, jumbo shrimp, sausage, roasted potatoes, corn and broccoli. Yes. And Ooh. it's smothered in our well known doo-wop sauce. So tell us about your doo-wop sauce. Is it secret? It is. Proprietary. (laughs) I like it. It very much is. Um, The best I can say is is, is, it's a real savory sauce, uh, and it pairs well with the the snow crab and everything that goes in the boil. But you definitely have to try some. You'll lick your fingers after after that. Okay. (laughs) You you selling uh, the doo-wop sauce? Uh, separate we are we're going to begin to we okay. have we're going to have the uh doo-wop sauce and then we're going to have another uh the henny glaze okay so yeah, uh, both both will be proprietary yes all right got yes. you that that's another amazing. thing that's that always fascinates me in terms of uh well not just restaurants we just talking restaurants because that's what you all do right. mm-hmm. but like just overall like the different potential for revenue streams so like yeah. you do the sit down like mm-hmm. you said, it's sit down and it's uh basically it's membership, so like subscription based kind of. Yeah. Yeah. Like so the sit down is one uh revenue stream. Then you all cater. Mm-hmm. So that's another. The proprietary doo-off sauce and, and henny glaze is coming. Yes. That can be put in stores, that can be shipped out. Mm-hmm. Yes. Another revenue stream. That's I just find that fascinating. Yeah, it's 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 a few more that we're that we're looking into and mm-hmm. you know trying to get together so we could just be well rounded. Yeah, you know, and not not missing any beats anywhere. Yeah. Um. Oh, also interested. You talked about COVID's effect, but um, interested to know like how you all used or use technology 
during mm-hmm. during this time to to get through? Uh, we stopped taking cash. Okay. Uh, we went straight. Y'all take crypto? I will. <laughs> I will. The NFTs? We yeah, can get that lot, oil for A lot NF- of people don't NFT? know about it. A lot of people, they're not, they not in tune with it, but okay. they're those that are. That are. Yeah. So we're, we're, not, we're not opposed to it. Okay. Um, but we stopped taking cash. We went straight, straight card, uh, pre-order, mm-hmm. curbside. Mm-hmm. So, you know, all of those things, I said them pretty quick, but all of those things were you know, pivots that we had to make yeah. to, to make things work. But people went right along with it. it. It wasn't a big deal that we didn't take cash. Yeah. Um, naturally, just already cash is kind of dirty just from yeah. how many people's hands it touched mm-hmm. and you don't know where it came from. And, right. You know, mm-hmm. So, you know, we just limited, you know, so much contact with not taking cash. Yeah. So once people got there, it was just me taking food out and, you know, now it's over and you're gone and well fed. So, did you have to boost or, or strengthen your uh, technology infrastructure to to meet that demand? Um. Well, we we use Square for a lot of our uh, for our website yep. for our, for our processing. So, they made a lot of things easier. Mm-hmm. You know, it was pretty streamlined. It was once we got everything set up, it was it was just it just ran well. So, we didn't we didn't have to do an awful lot. Yeah. Um, I guess the only other biggest thing that we did was we stopped taking phone calls. Really? <laughs> yes. Okay. So you can only email or text us. Huh. Okay. Because I don't know if, if a lot of people have had that experience, but if you've been in a kitchen mm-hmm. or just anywhere where you're doing work that's time, you know, sensitive. Yeah. A ringing phone can be like a menace, really? a real big menace. So Ooh. it's like, Send your order, pay for your order, we'll have it together. Yeah. You know, and it, it takes it takes us away from having to stop and, you know, address things right, and right. stuff like that. So yeah. I think in that way, um, using our assistance on our phone, mm-hmm. Siri and stuff like that. And you know, like I said, Square made it real streamlined as far as between our website and processing and people ordering. So Yeah. Yeah, we kinda we kinda got lucky with that. What's the most creative thing y'all had to do during this during this challenging time? Um, creative, I would say, was figuring out the dinners. Mm-hmm. You know, figuring out how to get the most people I could get into the space um, <laughs> down there with with uh, rulers and and trying to figure out space and making sure everybody's six feet apart. Um, I think that was probably one of the most creative things we came up with and curbside. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of started doing curbside before they even made it a thing. Yeah. Because it, it just made sense to us to limit exposure. Right. So before they even made it a rule, we were already participating. Right. So, you know. And so the, the packaging that went into that, um, <clears throat> delivering it to the, to the folks that pulled up, mm-hmm. did, that, did that increase stay the same? You had to switch that up? Yeah, we had to switch up because we started using more gloves, naturally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we had to have masks, yeah. uh, hair nets. Well, we were already wearing hair nets and stuff like that, but you're, you, you're changing them more because now I'm going outside. So every time I went outside, I had to change gloves, change right. hair net, change mask because you don't want to bring anything back in, even mm-hmm. if it was just a quick exchange. Yeah. So I think in that manner, that went up uh, – it was a nice increase in that because of 
so much use. Mm-hmm. But um, like I said, for the most part, we we were real lucky, and you know, the thing, a lot of our things were able to stay the same, besides you know stuff like curbside and mm-hmm. things like that. Sweet. Do you all sell? Uh, you all sell alcohol at your establishment? No, we don't sell any alcohol. We okay. definitely are interested in a liquor license, but we don't sell alcohol. Okay. Nope. Okay. You thought about franchising yet? Uh, we haven't got that far yet. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just trying to really focus on building all all of the things around the business, so that when we do present ourselves, you know, in in a bigger way. Mm-hmm. It makes sense, and you know we'll be prepared for things like that. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. The infrastructure will be there to be solid. Right. Got you. I think um, one thing that I we've got like eight minutes left or something. Mm-hmm. We I want to give a tiny shout out to the business development fund here for the Foundation for Excellence, yes. um, and kind of ask uh, how. I'm sorry. I should have rec- I should have prefaced with. Uh, Delish Supper Club received a technical assistance grant from the city of Kalamazoo for $5,000, which is one of the um, supports that the city offers, and we'll have more in March um, this next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you share a little bit about how you how that that um, resource helped your business? Well, it's, it's definitely giving us some assistance now because we're going through the uh, site review process. Mm-hmm. So um, as far as... It, you know, the site review, plan review, and getting with an architect and, you know, all of those things has definitely put us in a position to not have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. So we'll be able to take care of that and, and hopefully get this process done quicker than, I guess, normal or just at least on our end, mm-hmm. have everything together. So great. it's definitely helping with that. And we appreciate you guys' assistance. Yeah, Thank of course. You. Yeah, that's what the... I think more and more businesses coming through are needing that technical assistance piece. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be $750. Now it's 5000 We bumped it up because we were seeing that there's prices are up and just you need more than that. If you're going to work on your website, um, accounting, legal fees, yeah. architect, like a, it adds up really quick. So that's a, that's an amount that I think helps a lot, allows people to potentially th- i like to think of the word thrive i don't want to assume but mm-hmm. um, position position right. position Positioning. people to thrive yeah because that's because they could focus on what they do like yes. you know if you love cooking if that's what you do like he uh, um chef p mentioned the phone ringing yeah i never thought of that <laughs> oh man you know what i'm saying so even on vibrate it probably like you say it's, it's like it's like oh dude <laughs> yeah. i'm trying to concentrate on this dish and and get it right mm-hmm. yeah. And it's like, so, yeah, just, just, I would think just any assistance that would allow the the owner operator to, to focus on what they do, right. mm-hmm. like where they provide the most value mm-hmm. and like have them, you know, they can focus on that. And, I, a, and a lot of business owners, small business owners are, they're not as present as one may like because you have a lot of people that are running great businesses, but they don't have the resources to mm-hmm. go get a commercial space. Mm-hmm. You're talking about the rent on a commercial space is, is crazy, even if it's a small space. Yeah, And having those resources, be it through grants, be it through loans, be it through whatever, if you, it would be a lot more people that would step out if, if 
well, I guess lack of information if mm-hmm. they knew about a lot of the resources. Mm-hmm. But if they actually were able to successfully get a lot of those resources, mm-hmm. I think you would see a, a huge boom in, in local small businesses popping up here. Yeah, I think we slowly are. We're seeing that. Yeah. We had United Way did a um, – they they – money that the foundation for excellence had was given to united way to give out in the form of micro grants mm-hmm. last year five thousand dollar micro grants and over the last they've done two rounds of those that's like 170 micro businesses zero to ten employees right. in our city and over half of them were black or women-owned minority or women-owned businesses i right. should say so yeah that's incredible all those are small all those are families they live in neighborhoods they're, uh, yeah, neighborhoods in our city. And I think, yeah, that they're a huge piece of how that, how that business is positioned to grow. And then it affects like prosperity. When we talk about the Alice population, asset limited income constrained employment, mm-hmm. our supervisor, shout out to Antonio Mitchell always talks about, um, there's 12,000 people that fall into that Alice population in our city. How do we lift people out of that? Mm-hmm. It's through starting one one tool of that is starting a business like where you're getting you know two to three hundred dollars a month, build it up that then maybe this person could get the technical assistance, get that five thousand dollars to get their accounting set up or mm-hmm. get an uh, improvement on their website, be exposed to more people, and then maybe they move and partner in and get an actual space with somebody or or they're able to expose themselves like nationally instead of right. locally. So it's those little steps along with many other tools that are in place, sort of the, like the wraparound that we always talk about. Mm-hmm. Whew, and, little, yeah. And um, yeah, positioning, positioning businesses to be able to, to hire. Mm-hmm. Cause yeah. that's a, that's, that's an indicator of, of, of progress as well, mm-hmm. especially if we, you know, again, getting back to that representation piece, mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you're a black business, more than likely you you will hire other other black people. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, you know, there's plenty of research out there in terms of um, occupational segregation and and discrimination in terms of hiring practices, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it just makes sense that you know if you have a black-owned business that is positioned um, to hire others more than likely they're going to hire another black person. So, yeah. And while big business is important, Mm -hmm. you know, they they bring a lot of revenue to the area Mm -hmm. in different manners that a small business can't. Yeah. But a small business owner lives in the neighborhoods, Mm -hmm. understand the deficits that that exist in the city. So, you know, while it may be a grand thing to bring big business here, I think that the focus definitely should be uh, building up more small business, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, like I said, like like you just pointed out, you hire what you, who you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know you you know just any any statistic that you can put with it, whether it's murder, whether it's hiring people, whether it, whatever it is, you do what you know. Yeah. So I, I think that you know a, a focus on small business and lightening maybe some of the restrictions or things that are needed to exist as a small business, some of the rules are like really outdated, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like, you got to get with what the time is now. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What's an example of outdated? 
Um, I, I'll what I was about to say. I'll, I'll go away from. Okay. But <laughs> but she she was a part of a meeting that I was in. She understands what's going on, and it's you know you just gotta kind of navigate what's going on. But there are rules that are you know kind of yeah restrictive. You yeah. know, especially for somebody that doesn't have a lot of capital. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Yeah, that's so. always a that's always a challenge. Um, yeah, just across the board, that access to capital is a killer. Yeah, it is. It's definitely. So, what should we try to wrap up here? We've got a few more minutes. We we usually do the solutions thing, but I don't know if we want to do that today. If it fits here, long term, short term. What do you think? We talked. We talked about it uh, briefly in terms of. I think we did just positioning. Small business owners, um, again, it being Black History Month, Black mm-hmm. businesses, oh, yeah. uh, to 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 be able to hire others, mm-hmm. right? So I mean, again, that's a, that's a sign of progress when you can do that. Um, entrepreneurship as a solution, a potential solution for some folks. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it's it's challenging. It ain't no cakewalk, but for a lot of people. It's, it's a very viable and effective solution in terms of positioning them to exit poverty, one. And two, as Chef P said, establish a foundation to pass on to potential family. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we, we talk about, f- folks talk about intergenerational poverty. I mean, that's basically inheriting poverty that's what that's what a lot of folks passing on you know what i mean as opposed to we have a restaurant a physical asset a tangible business that's that's in the black Mm -hmm. oh no pun intended (laughs) 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 yeah but that's but that's in the black that you could say here you know take this um you know, build it up, continue to build it up, stretch it oh. out, or or use it to um, you know, establish other forms right. of of wealth. So, uh, entrepreneurship, or I should say, business ownership, home ownership, still major pillars of wealth mm-hmm. building in our country. Mm-hmm. And so, if you got a restaurant, a business, um, that you could pass on. Again, even if his sons don't want to operate the business, they could take that capital and and potentially purchase a home mm-hmm. that's that's going to provide wealth. So, I think we've been talking about solutions throughout the conversation. Yeah, mm-hmm. we haven't as made them as poignant as as some other episodes. But if if you listening, I mean, you know, Chef P was dropping jewels. You just gotta pick them up. <laughs> I appreciate that. Yeah. So let's do, we've got some closing questions that are a little, we talked about some serious things in this episode. So we Mm -hmm. try to lighten it up at the end um, with asking some lighter questions. So what are you currently reading? Um, Well, right now, um, what is it? The, uh, it's a book by a local author. He gave me, it's called carbon. 
Mm-hmm. And it's about the breakdown of carbon and melanin and stuff like that. I, oh, wow. I've drawn a blank on his name, so I'm sorry, brother, if you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot draw what your name is off the front of the book, but I am reading the book. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Shout out to Carbon, <laughs> the <laughs> author of Carbon. Uh, what did you have for dinner last night? I had uh, Alfredo. It was shrimp, lobster, Ooh. and crab. A little bit of bacon. I want that right now. <laughs> and Kevin and I always debate on this. We go back and forth. So cake or pie? Um, and I know you've got the lemon pound cake on your menu. Yes. So yes, you already know. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of torn. I, I grew up an avid pie eater. Lemon meringue pie is my favorite mm. pie. But I would have to give it to cake. All right. Yeah. Cake. Go. Yep. What's on your nightstand currently? Um, a lamp. <laughs> My journal that I have here would be back there once I get back home. Mm-hmm. And chargers. Chargers. All yeah. Right. Got to keep the tech charged. Oh yeah. And what's the most important thing you do to take care of yourself to show up for your work? Um, I get real good sleep mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm. I'm energetically there. I meditate in the morning. Mm-hmm. And surprisingly, I do yoga. It's not so, surprising. That's good. Yeah. You know, you a lot of people are surprised when I tell them that. So, mm. you know, but, that you know, that's, I do that. And for the most part, I just try to relax and stay loose. And because I believe that how you feel translates to how you cook. Mm-hmm. So if you're angry, you might not get the best dish. It's so true. <laughs> if you're sad, you might you might get a watered down version of what I normally do. Sad so, dish. We yeah. got some inside, some background. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Inside I don't wanna, restaurant I don't information. Eat, like angry shrimp and grits. So, <laughs> so next time, <laughs> folks at a restaurant, the server comes up and says, "You know, I'll be, I'll be helping you." Ask the server, "Hey man, how's the chef feeling? Hey. How's the chef doing today?" <laughs> find that out you're consuming that man you gotta gotta be especially like you're vegan yeah i've been vegan previously Mm -hmm. it's it's a total difference once you move away from meat Mm -hmm. and you move away from you know different substances that like sugar yeah you know stuff like that you feel different you feel more energetic you feel more vibrant but at the same time you know a good plate of soul food can offer up a lot of the same benefits as far as mental health because you attach to you attach food to certain memories oh yeah or certain people mm-hmm. or times in your life where it's like okay i can relate when i smell this yeah that took me right back to my grandmother's house you know or mm-hmm. so i think that you know food is just so important and like you said think about the people that are preparing it carrying it to you that bought it there all of that counts so, yeah, you know. Yeah, how you're digesting it too? Are you digest? Are you in a good place when you eat it? Right. I think all Who of that matters. With? Yeah, it's it's so much. Because you could be having a real bad day, and be in a bad place, and get the same food from me two days in a row, and it's like I was having a bad day. It didn't really taste good. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Right. But it was based on your energy. Mm-hmm. So, I think protect your energy and 
check on the chef too yeah <laughs> yeah that energy Del- tra- <laughs> it just transfers man so it yeah. does oh so, yeah delish supper club is open tuesday through saturday four to nine unless they have a catering event or you know a special special yes. event coming up which they will on valentine's day weekend this weekend yes. on saturday yep. it's sold for out sold for out right yep what valentine's day is this weekend it's on monday it's on monday okay yeah. it's crazy it's also super bowl right yeah, y'all doing something super bowl we were but they ran into each other yeah we uh traditionally do one okay do an event for that but did y'all think of mixing them like a valentine's super bowl that's interesting <laughs> you know that's what i mean interesting. yeah interesting. you and your partner wear y'all jerseys hey come here we gonna hook y'all up. Oh man, <laughs> we might have to talk after the show. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Oh yeah, that's interesting there. So yeah, you order. Um, they open up at four today, so another hour and twenty minutes. Well, you guys, we don't drop this for a few couple weeks, so I guess it doesn't matter. But Tuesday through Saturday, four to nine, have to be a member. Yes. How can folks get in touch with Delish Supper Club? You can find us on Facebook at Delish Supper Club. You can find us on Instagram as well as TikTok, Delish Supper Club. Or you can find us on our website, DelishSupperClub.com. There you we'll go. We'll have all the information that you, any questions that you have will be answered there. DelishSupperClub.com. That's D like David, E-L-I-S-H. Yep, S-U-P-P-E-R, Club.com. Yep, there you go. Because... Yeah, who knows? I mean, ours might not change, but who knows? But hey. definitely go to the website and find out what's going on, what changes, um, what events they got going on. And um, yeah, definitely connect. Oh, yeah. Thank and you. Thank yeah. you. I appreciate you guys having me on. Yeah. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah. Shout out to Kadir. We miss you. Yes, I will be home shortly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, thank, thank you for showing up. Um, not just here for this episode, but for community. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, much much blessings to you and prosperity yeah. to the to the business. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for your time. And I will come around whenever you guys want me to. This was fun. There All you right. go. Great. There you fun. go. All right, episode twelve in the books. All right, thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>